Welcome everyone to episode four of the Cascade podcast. Uh, we have another incredible guest today and also another member of Cascade joining us. Welcome to the podcast, Avery. Uh, I'm glad to have you here, bro, and I'm excited to share your story and talk about your new book release with everyone listening. Uh, so before we jump in, can you please just introduce yourself, uh, briefly explain who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, by the way. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm really excited for this opportunity. Um, so I am 21 years old. I just turned it in April, um, but literally two months ago, I published my first book called From Drifting to Winning. And it's a book that I've worked on for the past six months with my writing coach, David Strauss. And we basically put it together in seven pillars. We call them the seven pillars of self-development. And these are just foundational pillars that I have uh, learned over the past two years that have really helped me set a foundation for how I'm moving forward in life. And we'll get into all the pillars later on. But um, yeah, they're just the foundation of how I'm kind of like really starting to um, drive a bunch of not only success, but also clarity towards where I want to go in life. And then also connecting with really cool people. So all of these have really helped me improve my life in all areas. And what I'm really aiming to do with the book is help, especially younger generations and upcoming generations who've never really gotten into self-development at all or haven't read anything about it, get started and really form that foundation so that they can branch out and like really expand on the concepts and go even deeper into developing themselves, growing and, and really just becoming incredible people and, and achieving what they want. So that's, that's my book. And thank you for having me. Well, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, and also thank you for briefly sharing a bit about yourself. Uh, and we're going to go through, like Avery said, we're going to go through the entire walkthrough of his new book release uh, from drifting to winning. But before we get into the entire conversation, I would just like to quickly say, if you're interested in just taking a look at Avery's new book, please head over to the description below uh, and click the link and then you'll get redirected to, I think it's, Barnes, it's on Barnes and Nobles right now, which is, that's, that's in itself, that's sick, bro. That's incredible. Uh, Thank you. And so let's just jump straight in. Can you describe your upbringing and how it has shaped who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say, and and we we were actually talking about this before, but mm. um, I would say I had a very privileged upbringing. And so there there's definitely like good and bad pieces to it that I've recognized in my own life. I'd say it was really good. Like my dad, um, did a ton of work for us as a family. He was always supporting us. He was also very much away from the family a lot of the time. So my mom was the one raising us and she instilled a ton of incredible values in my sister and I, how to respect people, how to treat other people with kindness and compassion. Um, and she really took incredible care of us and really taught us to become really good people. But the main thing that wasn't instilled in me was work work ethic, I'd say. And mm -hmm. that was where I've kind of had to come in to my own life and instill it work ethic and also just my views about um, making my own money and supporting myself and also my views about money. You know, I always kind of growing up, um, 
and I'm and I'm not complaining in any way, but growing up I always was provided for and just was able to kind of have the things that I wanted and mm. my parents gave them to me without really needing to work for it, which was a detriment. But again, I'm not complaining. It was just the way things were and it kind of didn't instill those core values and core um, principles about like needing to push through challenges and things are going to be hard and you're going to need to go through these hard things to get to where you want and like really have success in your life. So overall, my upbringing was very um, privileged, like I said, very good in a way that I was really able to develop good, strong characters and morals, but just it lacked the work ethic. And I think that's something that I've needed to come back full circle and really learn for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we will talk all about that in the book as well. I know you're going into much more detail about all of that. Uh, so I know you've also had a very interesting relationship, like you said, with your mom, um, and your divorce. Uh, what steps did you say across that make allow you to heal your relationship with your mother and then move forward in like, say your work ethic and how that carries out into your life and your professional business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I talk about it in my book and it's kind of like my backstory and it's an important part about my life because it was like a really, um, really low period I would say just because obviously your parents are getting divorced but on top of that I was fighting a lot with my mom and we kind of had this broken relationship and what I learned a lot especially these past two years um, reading a bunch of books about the mind and about kind of how to heal things with other people and especially with my mom what I realized is that from the constant fighting that we did I kind of built up this um negative thought pattern whenever I'd see her or like negative feelings whenever I'd be around her. And what I had to do to heal that was I did this one really incredible exercise that I talk about, but it's called illusion neutralization. And one of my mentors, Arlen Moore, had us do this in his program, Tribe Accelerator. You basically go back into your past and figure out everything that you kind of have a negative perspective on because anything can be looked at as good or bad. It just depends mm. on what perspective you have on things. And so you go back into your past things that were traumatic for you, and then you kind of start figuring out other ways to look at the situation so that it's more of a benefit to you instead of a detriment. And that's what I started doing with things that happened in the divorce, really vivid memories that I've had, that I've had um, with instances with my mom. And after I did that, I called her in and I, I kind of write about this, but that was the turning point when I called her in and started talking to her and opening up about all these things and, and how bad and terrible I'd felt for a lot of the things that had happened between us. And that was when we were able to kind of work through the first, we were able to make the first major push towards a better relationship. Right. And then from there, it's just kind of been like reopening up with my mom and then also not you know, every time I see her really switching up those negative feelings and understanding that they're that they were there, but you need to start feeling a different way or, or really think seeing things in a new way. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like you also talk about you sort of have to identify it first. So once you identify the feelings, you can then um, come from a place of, okay, the feelings I'm, I'm feeling this emotion, 
but I'm not going to let it control me in these aspects of my life. Um, and you can only do that through awareness. Uh, and we'll go more into uh, your experience in philosophy and like how you've kind of developed it through reading. Uh, but we both know as well is that your external is also a direct reflection of your internal. So even though you've got into sales and you're into business, um, you have to fix your internal um, aspects to actually change your external. So how did you get into making money online? And I even kind of briefly talked about it. Those, what experiences led you to make those and get yourself into that space? Mm -hmm. On top of the divorce, I would say the other like thing that was very like negative in my life was just the fact that I was, um, it was basically because I didn't need to really, you know, provide for myself. I didn't need to work or I didn't need to pick mm -hmm. up my own job through middle school and high school. And so throughout that period, I was basically just playing video games all the time. I mean, I would obviously, I did really well in school. Um, and then I had tennis and lacrosse, which were my sports that I did, but I didn't need to go get a job. And so what I did with my other free time was mainly play video games. And so um, I remember like it got into high school and COVID hit. So I was literally playing video games. And then I was also smoking a lot of weed at that time, which was like, it, it was, it was fun, but I wasn't doing anything with my life. Mm. And so I remember I was watching a bunch of videos on how to make money online. Like I would watch YouTube videos here and there as well. And it was actually really cool what happened to like really get me to launch into making money online. But I, so a video game that we would play back then was Fortnite. And I don't know why that was just what my friends would play. And so we, I, I basically played one night and then went to bed directly after. And so your mind's kind of like still on, still off. Mm. And so the dream that I had, I was a character in the game and you go through and you explore the world. And so there was this huge mountain that was very green. And I started walking up it as if I was in the game. I get to the top. And when I arrive, the dream transforms into more of like a realistic view. And I look down into this valley. And there's this huge mansion complex with cobblestone, pavement, uh, fountain, sports cars lined up. And at that time, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, um, mm. as it's like your view of success at that time, my view of success was like having all those things. And so I, I've obviously changed it now, but in that mm. moment I related, my, um, I could have all those things if I started working and like starting to do something with my life. Mm. And so I woke up that next morning and I was like, okay. I'm quitting video games. I'm quitting smoking for a whole month and I'm going to get this uh, drop shipping business started. Yeah. And so I don't know why that dream made me switch like that, but it literally switched my whole mind. And that was like the first business I tried. I did these little fruit infused water bottles, set up an online shop, did advertising through Instagram theme pages. Um, I got like three sales. Two of them were from France and the draw and the supplier I chose couldn't ship to France. So this was a common thing again, but after those three, I, I tried it for like a little bit more and then just kind of gave up. But, yeah. um, 
that was a common thing is like I started to try a bunch of different businesses, but I never stuck with them to get through the first set of challenges that would really like get me to that next level and get me past that learning curve. But that's how that's how I got into uh, making money online. Yeah, nice, bro. I completely agree. Uh, I have a similar, very similar experience, not the dream aspect, but the experiences when starting businesses and making money online. So it's actually good you talked about the dream first now, because you also told me a story about your life changing experience on Maui. And could you just share with everyone and like how it impacted you in such a positive way? Yeah, this. So what I what I told you this, this was like a really big transformational side to like when I really started getting into reading and all that. And so I was I was on Maui, COVID hit and I was on I was in university up at Colorado Boulder. It was all online. So I got this job offer to go nanny this um family or this little boy in Maui. And I would stay at the family's house. So I literally moved there, packed up halfway through the semester, moved out to Maui. And while I was there I reconnected with a friend who I had met, my my family used to go to Maui because my grandparents lived there. And we had this family friend who I reconnected with there. And we ended up hanging out all the time when I wasn't working. And we ended up experimenting with um, some stuff. And we decided to kind of go on this adventure around Maui through Lahaina, which is the area. And we did a whole boardwalk all through the night. But basically, I had this crazy panic attack during that period. Like, right as soon as everything kind of hit, I had this insane panic attack. And I literally felt like I was going to die. And I was scared that I was going to need to be hospitalized and that, um, like, I wasn't going to make it. And my friend, I hadn't read anything about self-development up until that point. I hadn't, like understood anything about the mind but my friend was a very uh, like avid reader and he started he came around to where i was sitting and kind of just laying there like just shaking out of anxiety and he started talking to me and like coaxing me through what i was going through and i said look i'm like really scared i think i'm going to die i think i think you're gonna have to take me to the hospital and he was like yeah but um, do you understand that it's kind of just in your mind? Like, have you heard that um, about the present moment? Have you heard that like a lot of your fears are just um, like illusions and they aren't really real? And so he started working me through this and telling me about like mindset and how you can literally shift your thoughts. And I was able to literally shift my thoughts and shift my perspective and shift my focus to be totally and completely fine which was crazy yeah. to me. And so um, we ended up like walking around and having a really good night. But it was that next morning that I literally downloaded my first audiobook because I ended up talking with my dad and he, I hadn't known my dad either was a really big reader, but he apparently had this whole audio book library. So I downloaded my uh, first one, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, read that whole thing in two days. And from there, I just kind of like started reading, reading, reading every chance I got, I would read. And that is kind of, it was because of that transitional period that I ended up moving to Vegas and reading that whole time and just learning about the mind and, and all that, which I'm sure you can relate to, you know, exactly 
what I'm yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're a huge reader yourself and um, we'll talk all about that. Uh, it's also crazy how quickly your mind can shift in like the space of one night by the right person and just being aware of like mm -hmm. your thoughts in the present moment. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. And I always, I always refer to the term as like, if you actually are aware of that stuff and you do it and you apply it, you can literally bend reality to your will. And I feel like it's such a thing that no one really can really talk about or fathom where you, you can control your, your outcomes. It's just a thing in your mind. Um, and you said also you went to Vegas. Uh, that's also ignited your reading experience and your reading journey. Um, so which actually eventually got you to the point where you published your own book and you released your own book. So let's get into um, your most recent release um, from drifting to winning. And I know that title uh, is very powerful because it's something I struggled with a lot in the past as well. Um, so can you tell us a bit about the inspiration for writing the book? And what was the kind of like the deciding factor clicked in your mind that you want to be an author? I would say I didn't necessarily um, like I didn't set out to it's, it's actually a really weird how this all came to be. Um, but I was, I, I got my first job ever, which um not really proud to say it, but it was my sophomore year of college. I got my first like nine to five job. I had worked for my uncle back then mm -hmm. doing like catering stuff, but this was my first like real nine to five job. And it was at this place called Restore Hyper Wellness. So they did cryotherapy, IV drips, red light. It's mm -hmm. actually a very cool first job. And I was sitting at the front desk one day. This guy named David Strauss walks in. He's carrying like three books by his side. And he sets them down on the counter to check in. And his picture's on the front of one of them. So I take him back to the service area. He's getting an IV drip. And I start talking with him about like asking him questions about his book and his book is aimed at self-development as well. So we start getting into this insane conversation about stuff I had read, things I was learning from Tony Robbins at the time, things about Atomic Habits, Infinite Possibilities by Mike Dooley, just like really cool concepts about life and purpose and, and just character building. And so at the end of that conversation, he was like, you know, you should write a book. <laughs> and I had never really even thought about it, but I was like, I was working my nine to five. I was still figuring out the online business because I had just stopped um, doing clothing. Again, I, I kind of quit um, where I haven't even gotten started, but I ended up stopping yeah. that. And I was like, well, um, I'm in this transitional period where I'm just doing working nine to five about to go back to school. so." I mean, writing a book sounds pretty cool. So um, let's go ahead and let's do this. So he ended up becoming my writing coach. And the reason why it's like so organized, I attribute a lot of the organization to him. Um, basically, what we would do is I would just brain dump a lot and then we would meet and organize and go through it and really fine tune and detail out how everything would lay out in structure. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just like happen chance that it happened. But I mean, I was willing to kind of try something new, which I think was a big thing, even though it's not good to like try a bunch of new things. That's just not <laughs> beneficial to you. You have to stick with something. I mean, I was I was down for writing a book and I think it turned out really cool. And it was also 
a very good time to or a good way to explore myself. I literally dove into my parents' relationship. I mean, my parents' divorce to mm. me smoking weed too much, to me playing too many video games, to me like wasting my life kind of away and not really doing anything meaningful. And so it really helped me even like kind of branch out even more and understand myself. So honestly, if you're not writing a book, at least start journaling or mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. writing down things about yourself because it's so beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel so just the fact you said just by journaling, where is you don't, people don't have to say you have the expectation of writing an entire book like you did. But just a little act of journaling every single night or every single morning when you go to bed or you wake up is such a powerful thing that should be nurtured. I found journaling so valuable for the simple sense that it's allowed me to have an awareness and realize what areas of my life I'm focusing on or it's what's go what my energy is going towards. And it when you write down a paper and you so you can see it from a bird's eye view, you can say, okay, well, I'm not doing this how I want to, and then you can improve on it. But you can't improve anything in your life if you don't have the awareness to do so. And, and journaling is a reflection of that. And I think it's a very powerful thing that everybody should do, just writing. If it's just the most basic thing, you should just still do it. So completely agree on that part. You, it's incredible your, your, um, your coach and how you actually laid out that pathway to actually complete the book and publish it. Uh, and you talk about the power for having a um, mentor. So, and we talk about also Arlen Moore was another mentor that you mentioned before. Um, what, what, what is your perception and what's, how much importance do you place on having a mentor and having the mindset around that? And then how can we cultivate it? Um, and why do you think it's crucial for success? Yeah. Um, I would say the importance of having mentors is just, I mean, we all understand or we all like want to achieve things in life. We all have goals that we want mm. to achieve. And I mean, it's just a simple thing, but to understand, but um, like, so Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. And basically when you understand that finding a mentor can help you compress the time between like where you want to be and where you are, it mm -hmm. can help you compress the time, make you arrive there a lot quicker and just help you get through the, the set of challenges that you need to, because they've already understood and been through what you're wanting to go through and so they can just help you get there a lot faster so it's like it's it's like if you want to achieve something a lot quicker then find yourself a mentor and go and do that and in order to develop a mentor mind, or like i mean that's that's just understanding that yeah mentors will help you get to where you want to go a lot quicker um i'd say another important thing is like where you find mentors so Mm. like where i mean i'm sure you have mentors right where mm. where have you found yours um for me it's it's more fact there's also different types of mentors and you also can also say the same there's also people that are say way apart like higher than like where you want to go and there's also people that are closer to uh where you want to achieve mm -hmm. so there's like long-term mentors and short-term mentors so i feel like also the short-term mentors is someone that is like just recently achieved what you want to achieve and it's a closer it's a higher possibility that you're going to achieve it if you follow their advice uh and i find i i, I personally find them to be also more people similar to like minded to our age or in our 20s or 30s closer to what we are especially in today's environment of um, how the world works uh and then the the older the higher gap is the older mentors which have got much more years and decades of experience 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I find, I find the biggest thing to find both sides of mentor, especially the short term ones is just by being in the environment of where they hang out. So, um, that can be across platforms. You can reach out to anybody across the planet. Uh, you can have, we can have a podcast like this when you're in America and Colorado and I'm in Australia. So I feel like go where they hang out and just, just ask questions, provide value and say, and share what you're doing because people take an interest and just ask for feedback, ask for advice. And over time people will give it to you. And then you'll slowly shortcut your way to where you want to be. Um, and I always use the analogy of, if you've put five guys in, a, in an apartment for six months and you're all working on something together, you're gonna, each of you can have challenges and problems along the journey. So you can put feedback loops, all of you. So now you've got five people instead of just one person. And that's gonna speed up. You're gonna make five times the mistakes and learn from them five times quicker because you've got five people doing the same thing. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. the power of your environment and just building out your network to reach out to people and then learn from other people than doing all yourself. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, I think also the the student is ready. Um, the teacher the teacher appears when the student's ready. If you're not gonna you're not gonna attract a mentor if you don't put it into the university, you want to attract a mentor. Uh, but I, yeah. I would just say find where they hang out. If it's Twitter or whatever software or whatever platform you use, find where they hang out and then just build relationships uh, with people that have a shared interest. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was. That was beautifully said. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's, That's exactly too, yeah. the answer to the question. Yeah. Um, so you also, in your book, you talk a lot about redefining success. How do you, and we talked about also briefly in your dream where you, you look down um, into the valley and you saw the beautiful mansion and the car, supercars, et cetera and how that's also, you've said you pivoted that and that's not your, your perception of success anymore. How do you define success mm-hmm. now and your journey to like uncovering that? And why do you think it's important to have your own definition of it? Yeah, I would say for a lot of people, um, it comes down to like, you don't need your own def. Like obviously everybody's definition of what they want is going to be different, but people just need to start shifting their perception or definition Mm -hmm. of like what they use to define success. So what I mean by that is, And what I've done in my own life, because I used to be really like, I would set out either, I would see success as having like the incredible house, the car, and having like the the ability to travel all over the world and hanging on yachts. And and that was what success was like to me. First of all, that put me into like a a state of comparison, Mm -hmm. which I would always be feeling shitty that I hadn't, that I didn't have that, which in turn would just create this loop of where Mm -hmm. I felt bad and then wouldn't take any action on what I actually wanted to do, which would then get me to that or get me closer to that Mm -hmm. actual thing. Um, So it put me in a state of comparison, which just put me in this bad mental loop. But also it's like not beneficial because all of the time that you're there trying to work towards those things, like those big goals, like having $100,000 in your bank, getting the car, getting the house, you're not feeling good at all mm-hmm. or you're, you, you don't feel like you have it until you've achieved it. And so yeah. there's a big thing between achievement or accomplishment and success. Success is the feeling of achieving mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And accomplishment is like bringing completion to something. And so it's super easy. It's actually super easy to cultivate the feeling of success mm-hmm. 
super easily by making it easy to feel successful. And so that's what I've started doing is instead of I'll feel successful when I have $100,000 or when I made $100,000, it's I feel successful when I'm working on my book or I feel successful when I'm working Mm -hmm. on and practicing sales because these things are going to get me to the goal and I feel successful by doing them. And I actually have this really cool thing, um, really cool um, audio thing by Earl Nightingale. It's on Spotify and I want to send you the link to leave in the description if anybody wants to watch it. It's oh, yeah, so 100%. good. So, so I'm going to send that so that you can leave that there too. But um, it basically talks about this exact same thing about feeling successful while you're working towards what you want to achieve. And then that just makes life so much easier because you feel good about yourself that you're working towards something instead of once you get there. Yeah, well, okay, really well said, bro. Uh, extremely powerful. Uh, I would I would also say that the, the the whole concept you just said is it comes from a place of feeling and um and what you determine as successful in your life. And I feel like that whole thing of you have to feel successful before you actually obtain it is the whole concept of actually acquiring the the outcome or the material success or whatever it may be in your life, because you will never, in my opinion, you'll never get to say those outcomes or the achievement levels or um, periods of success. If you don't come from a place of you already have it because how, because feeling is directly related to action. So if you're not, if you're not coming from a good place in regards to feeling, then you're not going to action from a good place and you're actually never going to move yourself towards those outcomes, those achievements, um, et cetera. And I take that also a lot, a lot from my um, one of these. I took a course and I classified also as a mentor is my entrepreneur, uh, John and Vosh, which they have an incredible course and they talk all about this uh, and how your feelings are directly related to your actions and hence your your habits and then which form your identity and that creates a reality. So I feel mm-hmm. like people mistake what success actually means and it's the it's the journey, it's the it's the it's the small things in life that actually add up and what makes you truly happy. Uh, absolutely absolutely yeah so let's talk more about now so your your book's broken up to into pillars there's different pillars throughout your book um so i want to dive into the first pillar uh which talks about taking inventory of your time so why is this important and how can we effectively do it okay something that i've been really focusing on lately and it pertains exactly to this um, section is basically death. Because I was thinking about how to say this while you were asking the question, but it, it literally has been something I've been focusing on for the past two weeks now that I've constantly reminded myself. But I've constantly been reminding myself that this is all um, like temporary. like. Um, think of, think of uh, this has been really powerful for me, but it's like when you go on a vacation, say a week long vacation, the whole, um, the whole time you're basically, um, trying to soak up every minute of this vacation. You're really trying to just be there and enjoy it all while it lasts because it's going to come to an end at some point. And for a lot of people, um, well, life is just one big grand vacation, but for a lot of people, they tend to forget that it's going to come to an end. Like they, and then that causes them to not really enjoy every like moment of it. Mm-hmm. And so I've constantly been reminding myself that 
like this is all going to come to an end and it is true it's a mm -hmm. fact but i feel like the closer you come to understanding that the closer you come to death the closer you get to appreciating life and it's like it's like that yin and yang yeah and so um the reason so in terms of that chapter taking inventory of time basically what i what i talk about in that book is this exercise called chunking where you figure out like what the different categories of your life are for me that's financial relationships um school health and fitness and like fun and enjoyment those are a few of mine and you figure out like how you're spending your time and then you can start to understand if it's if you need to like make changes are you really spending your time mm -hmm. in like valuable areas of your life or do you need to move and shift over things in your schedule but i'd say a big thing like obviously you can chunk down all your time but you really have to understand your priorities like where you actually mm -hmm. want to go and that comes with getting clear on exactly where you want to go like you said and i think that's the biggest thing is like first you have to get clear understand your priorities so that you can actually then design your time and your life around those things that are most important uh and then i want you to add to this because i want to see what, what yeah else. yeah of course uh, so yeah i'll like i'll quickly add to before the next question um i i learned from something from Jordan Peterson was I went to his one of his events in Sydney with some of my um, actually cascade event went to some of my uh, members went to the Sydney event and he talked about the aspect of you, depression is when someone basically nothing is worthwhile in their life when everything seems like nothing is worth them doing when like they have no motivation at all to live. And that's where depression, I think he said he came from. So for me, it's like, we says prioritize your time. It's just, what do you value? And then what you're doing something because you think it's worthwhile. If you, you wouldn't be doing it if it's not worthwhile. And I feel like when you fall in love with doing stuff and you prioritize it and it's like adding value to you and you're getting happiness from it, it's, you're, it's enjoyable. You place more time and importance on it. Uh, I also want to quickly add on, so I went, so I really recently went on a holiday to South Africa with one of my best friends and I literally didn't worry about anything. So we went there for like three weeks. I went to Johannesburg and then Cape Town and I was fully in the present moment. I've never been more in the present moment in my entire life. And I had no other worry in the world because you realize that everything is finite. And once you actually just say, okay, here's the only moment, that's it. You reach a level of happiness you can't comprehend because nothing else matters and you're truly enjoying life mm -hmm. moment to moment and it's the most bliss thing ever uh and i read a book as well about it and it talks more into detail is i don't know if you've read it as well but it's the wisdom of insecurity by alan watts uh it's i haven't yet it's an incredible I, it's on my list yeah it's philosophy bro it's an incredible american philosopher uh and it's a timeless book and he talks about the age of anxiety and the fact that humans are now are hardwired to be anxious and thinking of this kind of like next moment when in reality wise you're just chasing your tail and you should just be in the present moment and then you'll uh eliminate anxiety in itself and that's a big statement but the book talks more about it and alan watts um explains it really well but i feel like yeah we live in an age of anxiety and i feel like once you understand this is the only moment um there's an end there's a means to an end at the end of your life it becomes a lot more valuable and that's when you prioritize your time effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Um, One, I want to, I want to say before we move on, and I want to get your opinion on this, yes. because I feel like there's this, this kind of, you know, balance between, you know, not worrying about things in life mm. and being present, but also, you know, needing to really be future oriented and understand where you want to go. Um, but mm. then that involves like obviously overcoming a lot of challenge which make which makes it difficult to not be like so worried or so mm. blissful. So mm. how do you how do you deal with the fact that there's like this this like yeah factor? that's actually a really good question. Uh, honestly, I actually still struggle with it very very badly. I struggle with it very badly. I don't talk about it a lot. Uh, I I have a lot of mind chatter. So I've got a lot of chatter in my mind and I've got very like, I'm very like forward thinking. So I like to think in the future a lot. And reality wise, I've got to bring my mind back and say, well, okay, I want to achieve this, say six months, a year down the line, but what am I going to do to actually execute and get there? And I feel like you can lose a lot of time in your head uh, by doing this and overthinking it. And that's where anxiety comes from. When you, your mind starts to play games on you and it starts to say, you got to do all of this in the future. When, when in reality wise, you actually just have to focus on the grounded action of today. And what are you going to do today to actually achieve that? Uh, so, I mean, I still struggle with that. Um, I got to bring it back all the time and it can be very, it can be poison. It's poison in your head. It, it kills you. It kills at you. Uh, and it's a, it's a very bad thing in regards to negative thoughts, um, negative emotions, and a really bad place of where your where your feelings are coming from, and then actioning that. Uh, but I say the big the best thing to do is just a meditation, being calm mm -hmm. in just like saying, "Well, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to just understand these thoughts are there. I'm going to acknowledge them, but I'm not going to put too much attention to it." Uh, and I feel like also over time you start to get really good at identifying your emotions when periods of like turmoil or struggle, and just seeing them there as it's um you're just acknowledging them it's just it's it's stagnant you just it, it's it's a time of your life where you're like i can identify but it's not going to consume me um and i feel mm -hmm. like yeah just acknowledging that and don't it's not the end of the world you know what I mean so you're not gonna nothing's gonna go down south you're just going through a period of struggle and you'll come out at the end uh in a much better place so yeah also yeah. i think periods of struggle are the best periods because when you go through periods of struggle, it forces you to think about why you are not where you want to be. So if you're not where you want to be in life, you've clearly done something that it doesn't add up to where you currently are. So you've got to rethink it and change your belief system to then improve into the future and then um, figure out where you want to go and how you're actually going to become that person you want to become. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I so like yeah, that answer. rambled that out a bit, but yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about the second pillar. Um, and you talk a lot about in the second pillar, committing to goal oriented habits. Um, so how can we establish good habits and honestly, like ultimately stick with them? So one main thing is that I've learned are goals. You basically want to obviously have your goals, which comes down to defining them clearly and that mm -hmm. first you have to understand what you really want out of life then you derive your goals from it then you derive the action items to make the goals happen but what you really want to focus on instead of just the goals is the habits or the daily and weekly things that you're going to do that are really going to move the needle forward and it's there's only a select few there's only a very few like you focus on the 20 percent of things that mm -hmm. you need to do that will really move everything forward to get you to the goals and in this section particularly, 
I really focus on talking about some of the things that I've established in my life that really just help me move forward every day. And so one of them are like, or the set of habits that help me move forward every day. And Mm -hmm. one of them are your morning routine. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's so valuable to have a set of things that you do that focus on yourself before you put your time and attention to anything else in life. So I used to go on my phone directly when I woke up and I would start scrolling social media. And Mm -hmm. I think that's terrible. Like I think because you're putting your focus on something else that isn't you, you're putting your focus on all these other people and all these other things and not on yourself. And so what I do is I wake up and I drink a full glass of water. As soon as I wake up, I get hydrated. And then I, it's, it's been shifting for me, but my main things are I'll stretch. I'll get like 15, 20 minutes of stretching and then I'll meditate. And those are my main three things. Now Hmm. it might be different book. I've said a few different things, but um, now that's kind of what my morning routine is. And the whole point is just to really give yourself the time and attention that you deserve because a lot of people go throughout their day and they don't even really take care of themselves. A lot mm-hmm. of people will go to the gym, but that's that's like one to two hours out of the whole 16, hour, 16 to 18 hours that you get throughout your whole day. And so that's yeah. another big part of that section. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a morning routine is in is, is extremely, extremely, extremely important. I will also add to that quickly is as much so as your morning, morning routine important is your nighttime routine. So if you like your nighttime routine will yeah. set will set up your morning routine, uh, and will plan your your next day. Uh, in regards to setting habits, for, on my end, I I realized that very quickly is that you also we were both in Maxi and Alan Moore's um mentorship program, uh, and you go through a period of when you're first starting out in your entrepreneurial journey, you go through a period of just like doing everything. You just try to like, you, you try to like do as many habits as once to get your mindset, to change your belief system, et cetera. But over time you realize that doing less is more. And like the 80, 20 principle, like you said, 20% actually results in the 80% of your life results. Uh, so what I try to do is basically simplify it. And it's good that you have like three main objectives in your morning and that's it. You just, if those are your bare minimums, your non-negotiables and you will complete them. Uh, but I mean, it's all, I think it's all dependent on what you want to go for in life. What are your, what is your mission? What is your goals? Because that's what I like how you said it's goal oriented habits, because your, your habits are directly reflected of what the goals you set. So like, for me, it's like my main goals is business. I really want to push my business expertise, my financial side. So I'm not going to focus, I'm going to do the most basic habits to keep my lifestyle in check. And then I'm just going to focus on my business. So do habits that allow you to put you in alignment to do your goals and that and to work towards your goals and that's i feel like is so underrated uh, and you don't have to overcomplicate it just keep it super simple and um just yeah allows allows you to focus on what you want to achieve and move the needle forward uh so great 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 um i like how it says um cultivating goal-oriented habits so really really good um pillar bro uh so also the third pillar is again cultivating strategic relationships so can you talk a bit more about how we can build go about building these relationships and why you think they're also important yeah for me in my life right now i'm not at like the level that i see for myself in terms of like the network that i have i've definitely worked on establishing good foundational base 
but in order to like really get to the like these really top tier people i still have a lot to learn Mm. what i talk about in the book is like this foundational understanding that i built up just in terms of you know you can find the types of people that are very like-minded to you in these mentorship groups that we're in and mm-hmm. skate club mm-hmm. going by the way <laughs> going this one talk appreciate it, bro. um and then also like tribe there's mm-hmm. also all these other online programs where they're teaching you income producing skills you can find really really cool people and then you can start to connect with them mm-hmm. via mm-hmm. instagram and um, maybe in like the facebook group but you basically connect with them and then you can hop on a call with these people like we did yeah you can get to know each other even though you're miles away and then or like hundreds of miles away mm-hmm. and then later on in life you know you've built up this relationship even though it's online it's still mm-hmm. personal connection and then opportunities start to open up for you and later on like we'll we'll be traveling we're going to do some trips yeah. later on and it's so cool traveling with these types of people because it literally feels like you guys have known each other for years because you're so in the same zone you're on the mm-hmm. same frequency mm-hmm. and you're really working on yourselves and your businesses and just your character so that's that's a way to really build these is to find groups where people are hanging out and on top of that you have to have like good social skills and so developing mm-hmm. those is super important in terms of you know a good listener and mm-hmm. asking people questions instead of just talking about yourself and then assuming familiarity like when we hop on these calls instead of like being awkward and weird you just like act as if you guys are good friends yeah. already yeah chatting as if you're already friends and then just it works wonders because it's mm-hmm. not like awkward and weird you're just two friends having conversation online i don't know exactly yeah you probably have a lot to to share on that too because you've been through it yeah uh i feel like like you said you always you start you always you got humble beginnings you start in a in a certain area like for me it was like maxi and like arlen moore taught me like the fundamentals of your mindset number one the power of your mind but also your network and your your social circle and i feel like the most fun if I, if I had to go to someone i say like they want to improve any aspect of their life i'd say your biggest thing is your environment and like i feel people don't understand this enough it's like you have an unfair advantage if you're in an environment where you are surrounded by guys that are doing say six seven figures and or any aspect of their life like health like uh, wealth self-development any aspect that is like at a much higher level that you want to um, attain um, and like you said, hang out, hang, hang out with people that also like, don't, don't, it sounds free, like, uh, not like rude, but don't, don't, uh, take advice from like, someone that say this, this broke and you want to become wealthy. Don't, don't take advice, take advice from people that are like already have attained what you want to attained what you want to do. Uh, and I heard this also this saying, uh, recently was if a billionaire lost all of his, his wealth or whatever, um, and, but he still had his connections, he could make that billion dollars back in say a year or whatever uh so it's if you think if you build your network really strong when you're young then you can always come back to it uh and that's what i'm trying to do with cascade just build as many people i can know and i can uh, i got can take knowledge from not my expertise but people that have already done it and in regards to familiarity you're 100 right you want to try and build as much familiarity with people and i mean that like you say on on calls or whatever but also just online online if they're like say in Europe or whatever, 
just message them or like say catch just checking in on you checking up or like commenting on whatever they're doing just so people can see your name more because people see that if people see your name more then they're like okay well he's he's more he's more interested in what i do uh it just subconsciously builds familiarity with people so when they do reach out to you they kind of like know when you do reach out to them they kind of like know who you are already subconsciously uh so i feel like that's super um it's a it's a very powerful hack uh yeah is there anything else and yeah i was just gonna say also um something that's super important that will just naturally get you really solid connections is becoming an expert in something yeah this yeah. is like you've definitely heard that because that's all over um our groups as well like that's what people say but yeah if you as you become an expert in something you just naturally have people that draw into you and come to you and they're it as you become even better at it and as you like get these relationships you then get access to the next level yeah completely okay. com completely agree and i think also you kind of also uh know this as well is it's surprising how well in the entrepreneurial space, even just online or internationally, it's surprising how people, all of us, we just kind of know each other. It's like, it's everyone's connected in some way or not. And then you, you slowly realize it's also like you're at this level, but then there's also, there's many more levels above that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a multifaceted, uh, um, network and you can tap into guys that are doing, or people that are doing like incredible stuff. And then you just know you're at your point, you're working towards it. And if you show an interest, they will willing to give you their knowledge, their time, and it's, I mean, it's super powerful, but yeah, most people know each other in the space of online businesses or entrepreneurship uh, and they, everyone supports mm -hmm. each other, support each other very highly. Uh, like when you, yeah. when you, when you message me about, um, I, I see I, you released your book and I was like, um, that's incredible. I want to, I want to share, share showcases with more people. And we just, in two, in like two minutes, we had already organized a pod, we knew a podcast. So it's like, yeah. You you help each other win, and that's I feel like it's it's a very cool thing about the space it's entre such young a cool, entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah, it's such a cool group. Yeah, such a yeah. Cool group of friends. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now now let's go into the fourth pillar. Uh, something you also talk about a lot in your book in general uh, is it kind of ties into everything, but developing financial literacy. So can you just discuss some practical steps that people can take to improve their financial literacy? And like, again, like why you think it's something they should place importance on the front of their mind, especially at a young age. Yeah. So I say this, um, immediately just because I'm not at a level of yes. financial literacy that I want to be at yet. Yeah. Um, but I have like learned a lot and I'm, I'm like, I have instilled and understanding that will be really beneficial once I start to make a lot more money. Um, the importance of building, of focusing on building income producing skills. So cash flow is literally the most important thing. As long as you have cash flow, you can literally do whatever you want with the money and a lot of people will end up investing it. And so um, I would say, yeah, the biggest thing, focus on pick a skill and you can literally Google income producing skills, but pick mm -hmm. a skill and that will help you make money and then just start learning at it, become an expert in it. For me, that's sales. So obviously this summer, mm -hmm. like I mentioned to you, I'm doing door to door sales. And mm -hmm. then um, I come back, finish my last semester of college. I'm working at an internship, a software as a service product startup doing mm -hmm. um, like cold calling and business development for them. So the skill 
And then mm-hmm. I've started just designing opportunities and really putting myself in positions to be able to really build the skill. And then from there, the income will start coming in, which brings me to my next part in financial literacy, which is like start learning about investing and saving and where to put your money. Because you like, first of all, you want to pay yourself first, yeah. like concept. And you put that into a place where you're not going to touch that money because obviously if you don't have these like accounts set up, then the money that you have in your account is just you're free to spend it. And then it just goes down and, and you feel like you can spend it. Mm-hmm. But so things like what I've learned, a Roth IRA, I'm pretty sure is the one that you don't yeah. get taxed on when, when you put yeah. the money in, so yeah. set up these accounts for yourself. Um, and then also figure out, like, obviously, when you put the money in, you don't want to invest in mutual funds or regular stocks. You can honestly just invest in index funds and and just go grow with the market. But something that I've definitely been, like, trying to figure out is just, like, obviously, we hear about the state of the world and how things might be taking, like, a downwards turn. I don't know how to navigate that financially yet. But um, I know, do you know what I'm talking about, right? Just with yeah, yeah, of people are saying it's it's. I mean, like, um, I mean, at, at our age, I think it's more just about preparation. It's if you if like we don't have that many responsibilities, so we're at an age where mm-hmm. the responsibilities isn't insane. Uh, so I feel like yeah, we should pay attention to that, but don't let it consume you, and just put the right habits and right steps in place to just may like let's just be prepared for it uh but on the aspect of you're talking about skills i i 100 agree on the fact that i think the most powerful thing you can do even in just like your even in your teens and like early 20s is just learn skills so like i i use well you we've been both similar experiences in like starting businesses and just seeing how and and building them and just understanding like what actually needs to get done to make it successful uh and you quickly realize that you're going to need a multitude of skills uh, that are way out of your reach initially. So, I mean, most people get into like, oh, I'm going to make, say, I'm going to be, become rich in the first six months. It's like, it's not going to work like that. Uh, you're going to need sales mm-hmm. skills. You're going to need a variety of other skills and as an example to actually even bare minimally just support it. Uh, so I feel like, like you said, if you're starting out in business, don't start a business. I'd rather just say learn a skill and you do it really well with sales because sales mm-hmm. translates to kind of like, mostly everything if you want to um, expand your skill base uh yeah but yeah i also think that you quickly realize that even like the online business space everyone is say doing these businesses or whatever and like say like hating on uni um etc it's you quickly realize how the world works and how many things go into business and you be very humbled by the fact that you don't know you literally know nothing and there are people in Ivy League schools that are building incredible startups, uh, coding, uh, computer science, uh, and you are just building an online business. So, I mean, always be humble and then just slowly build up your skill base over time. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I also include, like, I feel like I definitely don't want to speak too much on this topic just because I'm not very well versed in yet. Like I have a very foundational knowledge of it, but I did want to include that, you know, for people who might not have started the business yet, there are basically, you know, four main categories. There's, you know, you can, to make money, you can be an employee, Mm -hmm. you can 
be a small business or you can own businesses and have mm. people run them for you mm. and invest. And so like this kind of takes me to the three freedoms that everybody talks about time, location and financial freedom. And the, the one that you want to be is a business owner. And that's how you obtain all three freedoms. And that's where I'm kind of headed. That's, I see myself mm. going in the future, but that's yeah. the most beneficial one is, and also investing. Oh yeah, completely agree. I think it was like the business will provide you with the cash flow. Your investments will generate your like your um your generational wealth. So that's the business will allow you to fund your investments. And I feel like what I kind of focus on a lot is like you said, is really focusing on skills in the sense where if I can stack my skills and I can grow my value to the marketplace at such a high level where I can be earning say 30, 50k a month, I can then put that money into assets and i can then start building up my cash flow in that regard but if you just say if you you don't want to cap your earning potential you want to make it view it as un, it's like it's limitless the sky's the limit because then you just become more valuable and then you can place more money into assets and expand your cash flow uh and your um, wealth creation on the investing side but yeah i completely agree so sorry i just remember but also yeah. abundance mindset yes 100 like percent. yes Yes. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. You can't come from a place of scarcity and expect an abundance of something. So <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, and also just understanding what money is like, that's mm -hmm. such a crazy thing. People don't really understand that it's literally just like, I don't know. It, fundamentally it's energy. That's what yeah. you like to say, but also just like shifting your perspective of it to think of it more as like a game, a game of money. The game Instead of, money. of having the scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. You got to understand how money works, um, what it is, uh, and how to actually obtain mm -hmm. it. So I know it's it's an incredible, it's an incredible um, aspect of human life, and I feel like you have it's an essential need. Humans are the sad truth is the world runs on money, and um, yeah, you'd rather be in a position of an abundance of it than a scarcity uh, of it. Okay, so. You also talk a lot about discovering the power of your mind and we kind of like also you learned a lot from say we already know Arlen Moore, um, Maxi, et cetera as well, but how can we tap into this power of the mind and achieve our goals to do so? Hey, there's a, that's actually my biggest ch chapter in the book. So there's a lot there. I'll kind of highlight my top um, favorites, but Napoleon Hill, he talked about a, um, basically a conscious mind or there there's the brain and then there's the mind and mm. the mind is a field of energy and basically you know okay so fundamentally everything is energy it's like a frequency mm. and when you understand that and when you understand you can actually use your mind to um draw in exactly what you want into your life it's just kind of your concept that you have to read a lot into and actually do a lot of understanding for yourself if you haven't already but you can start to like shift your focus to what you want and having it really clearly in your mind in your visuals so then you can start like attracting it to you and that comes through taking action towards it but you can only take action towards exactly what you want once you have it clearly established in your mind and that's that's kind of um that's just a little bit about it that's that's kind of the key is having a very clearly defined thing that you can like picture in your mind and then that helps you work towards it also the importance of shifting 
like a lot of us are just asking ourselves, okay, so thinking is the process of asking and answering yourself questions. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us are just asking ourselves really silly questions yeah. and getting bad outcomes. And so you have to start shifting what questions you're asking yourself. Like instead of instead of what should I be worried about, what is what is the gift or what is yeah. good about this moment? Instead, like and that just taps into you know, everything can be viewed as good or bad and it's way more beneficial to view everything as good or in a good light or in a good perspective and so the whole point of tapping into the power of your mind is to really understand these concepts and these things and start watching what you're thinking and shifting it to be mm. more beneficial and then get you to again like we said everything's feeling so these questions get you to a better state feeling which you then feel better on a day-to-day -day basis and that pushes you towards taking more action because you're feeling really good and pumped up instead of sad mm -hmm. and stressed about things and so yeah there's there's a lot there but that is kind of an overview no you you said it really well oh, I see it. yeah yeah definitely uh you also the aspect also of visualization is also extremely powerful uh and you kind of like briefly yeah. just touched upon it there where your brain sometimes doesn't know the difference between your what you what you visualize and what actually is reality so that can also be just thinking and visualizing things, but actually being, being in the environments. Like if you're always in an environment of say, I don't know, success or wealth, you're going to, you're going to, your, your brain will eventually not know the difference of it and you'll start to mimic it. So I think, yeah, I think everything roots from, like you said, your mindset. So everything roots from your mind and also higher above that, your energy um, and also your soul. But yeah, it's something that it comes when you come from a different place where, you, where your feelings come from. And you said it also tying back into your morning routine. If you're waking up and you're, you're feeling like you're going to own the day and you're doing everything from a place of, okay, I'm, I'm grateful to even enjoy this day and actually live this day. Then coming from a place of, oh, I've got to do this and this, and everything's a chore. You're going to come from a different space and you're going to, your, your, your life's going to uh, like pan out in a whole different way. So yeah it's a it's a it's a powerful powerful thing and you should definitely i say place importance on mastering your mind as over your lifetime goes it's never something that will be fully mastered but may as well start when you're young okay so now onto pillar the sixth pillar is optimizing your performance so we kind of briefly spoke about this um before but how is like your own experience opt of optimizing your performance had such an impact on your life Optimizing your performance is mainly about like just everything to do with your physical health. Um, so there's the mindset and mental health part of it that's in pillar five and then pillar six moves into your body and what you eat and you know, what you drink and just taking care of yourself. So um, in terms of how like what optimizing my performance has done for me, um, taking care of my physique and that includes so i've switched more to doing like calisthenics and strength training work and then also i've paired it with yoga and stretching and so there's there's a lot of like different opinions about it but for me i feel like having a very loose body mm -hmm. i i used to work out for like six years straight and i didn't stretch at all it was just like weights and it really like yeah like stuck 
in place. And so I've started to open up my body a lot more. And I think that is so beneficial for everybody, like opening up your your joints and your muscles and like starting to stretch. So I would recommend doing a yoga practice or at mm-hmm. least some sort of stretching every day. So beneficial. And then um, like obviously working out, I I would work out every every week at least four to five times a day because that's that's just a beneficial amount i mean some people i'm actually not even going to give advice on on, (laughs) this thing work out do calisthenics do yoga and then also do cardio cardio is so beneficial i heard something where you like as we get older we start to use less of our lungs and so doing a lot more we start to breathe less into our lungs and so um just doing cardio opens that up and also just strengthens your heart which is literally keeping you alive yeah yeah so um cardio and then breath work that kind of ties into mental but breath work just helps calm the mind a lot Mm. because it floods the blood with oxygen i don't know exactly how it works but basically there's this really cool one that the marines do it's called six to six breathing they basically do they breathe in for six seconds hold Mm. for two and then breathe out for six seconds and they do it three times in a row and it calms your mind down it like yeah if you do it right now you'll literally feel a wave of relaxation so understanding that is super beneficial also the mindset like go into the gym don't be on your phone Go in with like this fucking warrior mentality. This is something mm-hmm. I learned from Arlen. Go in with that you're gonna fucking test the competition. That you're there to fucking just yeah, <laughs> like have that have that energy when you go into the gym. Because most people go there and they're just like, you know, lift a few weights, but yeah, they're on their phones. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. They're not fully present. I think also another hack. Someone I think someone said as well is just someone just doesn't go to the gym and just doesn't listen to music. And that's like, I kind of I I haven't like fully actually done that yet. But I don't well, know. Hard. That's because because, hard. because it's like you need to be filled with some sort of like like I don't know music or just like hype you up. But if you're just with your thoughts, like you you I feel like you would feel more activation on your muscles, etc., uh, and be more present yeah. in actually doing the workout itself. But yeah, I mean. Do everything with a hundred percent plus. So yeah, in all aspects of all realms of life. Uh, okay, yeah. So thanks, man. That was that was uh, that was actually pretty valuable. That was actually really valuable. So the final yeah. pillar now is is kind of what we talked about in the beginning of the episode, but the power of creating a positive environment. So can you just talk yeah. about the impact our environment can have on our success, uh, and how we can actually create a positive environment for ourselves? So in that chapter, I talk about, I think it's, it's either two or three environments. I know for sure it's the external environment. Okay. Yeah. yeah, There's three. There's the external environment, which is everything around you physically. There's your internal environment, which is your mind. And then there's your digital environment. Yeah. That's that's like a very huge thing. So in terms of environment that's like designing who you hang out with on a regular basis but mm-hmm. it also comes down to like designing your room and your space and like where you spend the majority of your time for example 
you spend the majority of your day, um, you spend like a lot of your, your nights at home. And so you basically want to have your, your environment around there designed in a way where it helps you um, focus on habits. Like if I wanted to play, if I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, you would basically want to put out the guitar next to the the bedside table so that you remind yourself to yeah. play the guitar. So there's a lot of different like little hacks like that when it comes to designing your physical environment so that you can, which comes back to habits so that you can then instill these really good habits that you want to implement. Um, in terms of internal environment, you want to like really start designing how you think and where your focus goes and where your attention goes. And so that's super beneficial. Obviously, like we just talked about is hmm. starting to like master your mind. And then the thing that the third one, the digital environment is the one I really want to talk about because your phone and your computer can be used as or they can be used or they can be like terrible distractions to you. And so you like what I've learned from Arlen especially and how I've set up my phone is like putting first of all, a really cool hack is like creating those 80-20 folders and putting mm. all the distracting apps into the 80 folder and mm. hiding those away so mm. that they're anything on the forefront of your mind is what you'll focus on where and where you focus your energy flows like Tony Robbins said. Yeah. But basically anything that's like easily accessible is like easy for you to focus on. So you want to make it hard for you to for you to like get distracted by these things. So there's little hacks like that that I talk about in terms of designing the environment. Yeah, it's like like you said, an environment is everything. You have to start learning how to design it for yourself because that's how you really design like your lifestyle and things that will really carry you forward into the future. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I like how you broke it down um, to the three different areas, like your um, your internal, which in my opinion is, is the direct, like you said, direct reflection of your external, which is the most powerful. Uh, but quickly before we kind of dive into that, you talked about in on your phone using your digital environment is, I'm going to quickly like break that down. What, he's, what Avery is also trying to mean is that like on your phone, you've got different folders. So 80 means like apps that take up 80% of your time, but only produce 20% of your results. So that could be like Instagram, if you're consuming it in the wrong way or like Snapchat or whatever apps like that. And then the, the 20 is a 20% that actually produces 80% of the results. So whatever apps mm -hmm. that might be, maybe investing apps Finances. or uh, meditation, um, inside timer, whatever that may be. Uh, and that also applies, that's a universal rule. It's by the book, a day 20 principle. I don't know the author, um, but mm -hmm. it's a very good book. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's a super powerful thing to have all of those three in check. Uh, for me, it's like if my if my currently my in, my external environment, my physical environment is cluttered or messy, I, I, I struggle to focus. It's a direct reflection of energy, yeah. energy transfer. Uh, same with also just meeting and socializing the, with the right people. Um, I, I think you yourself as well, you pride yourself on surrounding yourself with people. I actually was reflecting this other day. I was just talking to my parents about it and I just said like, no, no one that I know that's a friend of mine has ever, ever bring me down. They always uplift me and support me uh, and they want nothing but the best for me. And I feel like I'm very grateful for that physical environment. And then again, your digital environment is, it's, 
in this day and age of technology, it's, it's something that has to be hard truth. It has to be also in line as well and optimized as much as possible with your, your, like your connections internationally. Um, this podcast is happening because we know each other, um, from across the world. And yeah, I feel like also your digital environment takes away the boundaries of location. And that's super powerful because your external mm. environment doesn't just stop. It stops also with who you know in your location. Your digital one can be no bounds. And that's super powerful. Now, in part three of the book, you discuss finding your purpose. And for me as well, this is an extremely um, powerful thing. It's kind of like the motivator of kind of like everything that you do. Um, but so how can someone go about finding their purpose and why is it important for success? That's, yeah, like you said, that's like the most important question anybody. Um, from my own personal experience, I'd say that I went through a very difficult period of trying to figure this out. And I still haven't completely figured out like my my crazy huge big life purpose and i think you know you can't just sit at your desk and like do a bunch of exercises and try and figure out like what you like and what you don't like and then figure out your purpose from there i think that it comes through trying a bunch of different things and not like trying them for a little bit and then deciding you don't like it but trying them for a good solid period of time and really deciding if that is for you or not. And then yeah. through, as you go through and try things, you'll eventually land on something that you really enjoy doing. Um, another big thing is like, while I don't have necessarily a big life purpose at the moment, I do have objectives. And mm -hmm. so as long as you have objectives, you're working towards something that does give your life meaning. So I'd say just, as long as you have like purpose is a really big thing. And I still, I mean, I personally still yeah. haven't really figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, but as long as I have objectives and I'm working towards something that does give my life meaning, I guess purpose, but it's just, it's not like the purpose, like we've been told. Yeah. I mean, like you said, purpose is something, I think it's directly related to, who yourself as an individual is and also your past experiences. So, I mean, everyone's purpose is directly related to what they've experienced today in their life. And then also what they want to do with their life, like your mission and your purpose. For me, it's, I read a really good book about this. I think I've maybe said it once in the podcast before, I don't know, but it was the way of this is a book for men and it, girls can also, women can also read it as well. It's actually a very good book to read. If you want to understand a bit more about like your man or how they, how men think, etc. But it was, it's the way of the superior man by David Detta. And he talks a lot about yeah. a man's like the true masculine energy and like the feminine energy, but more the masculine energy and how a man's main mission is his, uh, his, which is his mission and his purpose. And a woman's is mostly love. So for me, it's like, when I read that book, I was like, well, that's in, there's something inside of me. And now he just explained it in a really, really good way. And what I also use to kind of break a purpose or a mission down is view it like an onion. There's many layers around it. So like you'll have your outer layers, which is more like it, it, you'll start to shed off layers as your life progresses. So your purpose or your mission right now won't maybe be your purpose or your mission in like 
uh, a year, five years, a decade or whatever, it always change and evolve over as your experiences and your life unfolds. Another shout out to, if she's listening to this as well, shout out to Ayora. Um, she's one of my really good um, friends from the US as well. Uh, she also did a activity with, with me, which like you break down the seven reasons why of your why, understanding why you do things. The seven layers of why. So the seven layers yeah. of why. So that was like a super powerful thing for me and actually like broke me down because I realized that the the mission of all the superficial stuff was just so surface level as the outer layer when in reality wise, there's so much more to it. Um, and for me, for you, I don't know your mission or purposes, but for me, it's like more of humanitarian. I want to leave this earth with um, contribution to humanity and, um, and just doing it on my own terms and just feeling fulfillment in that area of my life. And I feel like as a man, you want fulfillment and accomplishing your mission and purpose is will help you give you direction to that. Um, and also having a very powerful woman on your side to help you achieve what you want to achieve and mm -hmm. accomplish that. So I don't know if that is like also resonates with you and if you have a similar type yeah. of ex experiences or purpose in that regard, but yeah. No, I think I, I've read the superior man as well. And the, the whole concept of the onion is also super, super valuable because it's not just one thing. Yeah. You know, your purpose is many different layers and it'll transform as you go through life. So um, that was actually what I was trying to get at when I first started. So yeah, <laughs> I think that was really good. Okay. That's a really good one. I actually really enjoyed that, um, that answer as well. Uh, so now putting it all together is a next step after finding your purpose in the book. Can you talk about the importance of this step and like, what, how do you integrate all of the pillars in one's life? Like how would we encapsulate everything and a summary of, yeah, how you would do that? So there's a challenge in the back of the book and it's a seven day challenge. Each day you focus on doing something um, like something from each of the chapters or each of the pillars. And so the integration is basically just to help people like get started on this in order to then branch out and utilize a lot of these concepts in their own life and expand on them even further. So um, in order to like actually integrate what they've learned, basically the, the challenge is set up so that each day, like you'll focus on figuring out what you're planning to do during that day, what you've already used your time for, like taking mm -hmm. inventory of your habits, understanding what you're currently spending on your time on, how you want to change that, um, focusing on like really um, getting a good practice of a morning routine going for yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking at least 10 to 15 minutes for yourself to do some sort of either stretching, meditation, yoga, whatever that is for you. Um, and then like really pushing people to actually implement that, those things into your, into their schedule and really starting small because obviously you've, you've read Atomic Habits, but talks about the importance of not like, and everybody really talks about the importance of it. But when you want to start something, mm. you don't want to jump straight into it. You want to like start small and start with something that's that's okay with that like you can do um so that you don't like start 
ramping up super fast and then just have a huge decline yeah to like ramp up slow so that you can actually really instill this and it takes i think it takes like 31 days is is what people say to instill mm. a new habit in your life and yeah. so mm. it really yeah it comes down to the consistency of doing those little things each day so that's the challenge that's how i've kind of worked to help people integrate what they've learned um and then i'll also like i really want to start like doing calls with people and helping them integrate things like this into their life into their schedule that's it's, and it's, i don't know what specifically that'll entail yet no it's, it's good that you have an intention for that uh but no that's extremely powerful and i i really do i really do like the idea of, of the challenge i think that's extremely valuable and I always say like, you've got to have the theory, but like you can read as many self-development books as you want. If you don't actually apply it, it's not going to go anywhere. You just, you just, it's just mind masturbation. Uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like that challenge will allow people to just like say, okay, well, here's your, what you got to do and also track improvements. So reflect on actually if you're doing it well or you're struggling on this point. Uh, but I'm excited to see also if you're going to do calls with people, that should be, that it sounds really good. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of like the last question on like the book and we kind of like wrapped that out and i really enjoyed everything that we got to talk about of um the outline of the book and everything that includes so now i've got one last question for you uh it's more of a personal question but i think it's extremely valuable so how have your experience shaped your perspective on life success and happiness that's a really good final question um okay (laughs) So my experiences, I would say the first thing I want to answer is happiness because I want to, I want to share something that my friend, Will Coomer, if you're listening to this, you're a fucking beautiful human being. He said while we were out in Bali traveling together that I think it was from the Russian, but Mm. now we say like uh, the pursuit of happiness. Well, he said, instead of the pursuit of happiness, it should have been said the pursuit of meaning because basically like life there's without a doubt you're going to go through cycles in life where you're like it's it's a sign like you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows that's inevitable and so happiness only comes really on your way up to the highs and so so it's like unrealistic to always be chasing happiness because it no matter what you're going to have lows in life and so um you know i think that the, the importance of that is understanding that if you that what's more important than happiness is meaning and fulfillment and what's going to drive meaning and fulfillment in your life is putting yourself through challenges yeah and like learning and growing as a person and so um like that's that's something that i've been constantly reminding myself every time i want i need to do cold calls every time i need to practice something everything every time i need to do something that's going to move my life forward i'm always like it doesn't really matter if i'm not going to be happy doing this or if it's going to be hard like i need to get this done because Mm -hmm. it's going to help me grow and move to the next level and it doesn't matter if it brings me happiness um it just matters that i get through this challenge and really push myself and grow because that's going to add the most value to my life so that's for happiness and then the other two were 
what were the other two? Uh, just in general life and just success. We talked to you, you talked about success, um, about yeah. Yeah, before. Okay, and then in life, I'd say there's so much that I could say about this. Yeah. I've just been learning so much about one of the, one of the things this, this might not even be on topic, but I really want to share it is just the fact of like what life is and mm. what I've really been doing lately is breaking down my social constructs that I've placed on things because like the meaning that we attach to things isn't really what they are. It's just like, like mm. this is going to get pretty crazy and I don't yeah, go crazy. explain it fully yet. Yeah, yeah. But um, basically our names, like our names are like made up illusions. Yeah. We aren't yeah. actually, like, I'm not actually Avery. You're not actually Aiden. Yeah. We're just like these, these constructs yeah. of energy, these spirits. Yeah. So I've been doing that and it's like totally shaped or totally transformed my, I'm like looking around this room right now, <laughs> how crazy it is, but yeah. it, it relates to, it relates to like understanding that all of this is temporary, but it also just connects to like, I don't know, I don't really know why it's important. Like it's maybe not that important because to navigate life, you have to attach meaning to things. Mm. And that's how like we as a civil, civilization, like, grow and build is by like having meaning but i'll just end it by saying there's this really cool thing that everybody should go look into and it's called sacred geometry and it basically talks about how like you can find so many patterns in nature and everything is fundamentally built on these patterns that are recognized everywhere like um for example something really cool is number seven it's mm -hmm. found so many places in nature there's seven scales in the harmonic there's seven mm -hmm. scales in like music there's um seven like there's seven notes a b c d e f g there's yeah seven, i don't know where, where there's, that's actually crazy so many other examples yeah yeah so so like these patterns go up everywhere and it's fundamentally like what how everything's built uh, you know it, it just connects to the, like the design of the universe and set how like beautiful like complex it is but also quite like simple and you know, it makes you it makes you understand that there's definitely like a higher there's definitely something there definitely we probably wrapped up with the best question and also kind of like action for people to go and like research and do i mean you've kind of like left an open loop in everyone's head right now uh but that's super good yeah but yeah, thank you, bro. That was incredible. I'm still figuring it out for myself. So I mean, everybody you have the answers that you find. Yeah, yeah, definitely shoot Avery a message about that. But yeah, yeah, I think that was a good question to wrap up the episode, bro. Um, so I, I actually I really enjoyed the conversation today, and so thank you again for coming yeah, on. Yeah, no, thank you so much, man. This yeah, so sick. Thank so. you, bro. Thank you for coming on. It's been it's been an incredible conversation. So I've attached all of your social media profile links in the description below as well as your, of course, your book. So if anyone's interested in actually buying a copy, just hit the link below and get yours today. <laughs> also, it's- if... Yeah, and then you can also, sorry to interrupt. No, you go, you go, you go. Um, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, if anybody wants to buy one personally from me, I'll go ahead and sign the interior from you and write like a really cool note. I've been writing all my friends' notes. So if you want one of those, just message me. Dope. I'll send you the link. And then I'm also gonna send Aiden the Earl Nightingale podcast to listen to 
That one's really cool. I would recommend. Yeah, we'll put that in the description below as well. And also, we are we can we briefly talked about it. If you when if you buy a copy, like post it on your story or tag us and actually tag the podcast, so we actually know you took action from it, which would be pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, so put it on social media and so we can see it as well. But other, okay, any other specific ways listeners can learn more about you or gain contact with you? Honestly, Instagram is the best way. Yeah. Um, I'm like like constantly on there because that's how i connect with all these other guys and really cool people um so i'd say that's that's the biggest one if you want to email me you know it's like avery avery uh, gmail.com but i think those people will probably just message me so yeah that's the best also join cascade because this is yes sir (laughs) thank you bro guys in there thank you yeah okay so i'm gonna wrap it up quickly as now as well so if you found value from this podcast episode, please feel free to share it with anyone that you think would also benefit from it. Um, like Avery said, if you want to join Cascade, the link will be to the website will be in the description below. I just made that live. So you can apply through there. Let's go. If you want to follow Cascade on, on like social media, I've also attached the links to our Instagram and Twitter account in the description below as well. But yeah, so thank you again for your time, bro. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure sharing your story and the new release of your book. And also thank you to everyone that tuned in and listened to our conversation. Cascade will also be be releasing many more episodes in the coming months. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you.